the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, indeed. And it is, and Jesus is the reason for the season, is he not? As we roll into Christmas weekend, um, it almost doesn't feel like it, at least here in uh, Southern California. There's some green lights and some Christmas decorations here or there, but not at all like uh, what I'm used to. And I'm certainly not seeing a lot of billboards that say Jesus is the reason for the season. And and I was just thinking about that and, and about how much our culture has changed, given some of the stops top stories uh, hitting uh, the news today, one of which I think we've all suspected, but just hearing confirmation of it just really kind of upset me to my bones. Much to get into on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Uh, breaking news in regards to Jack Smith's special counsel and Trump and the Colorado and all the lawsuit situations to share with you guys tonight. Of course, there are many of what, what an attack today that happened in Prague the many consider to be a terrorist attack. I've got a lot. I've also got an interesting kind of pop culture story that I want to put out for you guys that is culture related and it might spark a little bit of debate uh, for the listeners out there. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. And speaking of debate, it was kind of undebatable. At least we thought it was as to Bud Light. And which was one of the few occasion with occasions in which conservatives have successfully joined together to push back against the depravity going on in our culture. So why are some conservatives backing off of Bud Light at this point? So we're going to actually be getting into some interesting cultural stuff on tonight's Andrea K. Show. I think it was Andrew Breitbart who said politics is downstream from culture. So let's spend a little time on that tonight. I'm glad to have... Uh, uh, you know what's become kind of popular in culture these days from a food perspective? It's vegetables. And I got my favorite one back with me tonight. It is my sidekick. It's the one and only DJ Sesame Broccolini. What's going on? Happy Friday Eve. Happy to be here. Well, glad to have you back, my dude. People were concerned that maybe, you know, you've got, there's a flu going around in San Diego that some people are getting multiple times. It's like they get it. They're down, like down like a dog for a week feel a little bit better and then they get down again so glad that you only needed one night off and glad to have you back um in the one day that you took off were you paying attention to politics uh just just a little bit not too much mm. but uh I, I tried to unplug as best as i could <laughs> but you know I, I just there's some stories that i cannot i have to look it's like a bad car crash you know you just you have to stare at the well, controversy yeah. and the scandal especially with trump stuff and some other stuff that we'll get into you know there's a lot Mm -hmm. 
Well, what always happens with the left is when they've been, when they have done something or the behavior ends up in, in, in something as ugly as a train wreck, uh, like the Senate Democrat Senate staffer, um, they, they always, you know, instead of just, you know, doing a Jimmy swagger and like, you know, stabbing themselves in the thigh to make some tears come out and pretend that they're contrite. Uh, they they somehow managed to justify it and act like they're the victims. What you might have missed last night that we talked about with uh, DJ Carrot Sticks was how the Democrat Senate staffer who videotaped himself actually didn't videotape himself. The person he was with videotaped it. Where is that guy, by the way? Um, he is now being compared to Anne Frank. Don't know if you heard that. And in the comparison between him and Anne Frank, they com- they said that the uh, that Anne Frank was hiding from insurrectionist. That's what they said about the Nazis. That he, that this guy, that the Democrat Senate staffer, was being forced to hide from us, just like Anne Frank was also forced to hide from insurrectionist. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's what you missed on yesterday's show. So then, so then, uh, 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 then I see today. That Jill Biden, come to find out, Jill Biden's spokesperson, Michael LaRosa, was ousted from the White House last year. Uh, not, uh, he actually didn't leave on good terms, like what was reported at the time, but that he actually had been, Daily Mail discovered, he had been forced out by the White House after he had invited gay dates back to the hotel room by where President Biden was staying in a hotel in Madrid. Really? On top of the fact that now we have reports that the sex tape by the Democrat staffer is not the first sex tape recorded or sexual activity in the halls of Congress. So I'm hearing this today and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, you know, we can't just we, we can't just blame. And by the way, that the sex tape that was discovered from 2022 involved a, a staffer for the Republicans. So I'm sitting here tonight thinking, you know, at first I was, I was once again, when I heard the Joe Biden story, I'm like, okay, Dr. Skank, you know, Biden, you know, was the one who said, we're going to bring decency. Decency is on the ballot. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here all like uh, against, you know, the, the Democrats for being so depraved. And, and then I uh, hear one of my favorite Congress people tonight, Republican, and it's beginning to go viral Republican Tim Burchett. I don't know if you guys are that familiar with him. He was one of the eight that voted out McCarthy. He is the guy that he that uh, McCarthy elbowed in the back and the kidneys while he was in the middle of an interview with an NPR uh, reporter who verified that McCarthy elbowed him in the back. And he was on with Benny Johnson earlier, and he was asked about why Michelle, why not Michelle Bachman, but why um, M- M- Senator Blackburn had been blacklisted by the Senate for trying to get Epstein's client list. And he says this, Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, 100%. You got powerful people and they write the big checks. Well, let's be honest. And powerful people in this country, they write the big checks. And they, you know, they're the ones out on the tarmac when the president comes and visits and, and whichever party they're in. They always either out on the tarmac or in the private room let me stop you right there let me back up a little bit let's stop it right there let me back up a little bit and tee it up i i realize i had cut the clip off too early at the beginning 
what uh, Benny Johnson starts asking him is, look, uh, you know, you've you you're helping out Black Senator Blackburn, Marsha Blackburn at this point, because she's been blacklisted by the Senate, including Republicans. They don't want this list to come out. He says it's got to be because high, highly powered people in Congress and outside of Congress are going to be compromised with this tape. Isn't that correct? Now you can play it. Love their portfolios and they love their money more than they do anything else. And they protect it and they protect the people that that do that. And by doing so, you know, the old honeypot, the Russians do that. And I'm sure members of Congress have been caught up. Why in the world? Would, would good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like the, what we've been seeing out of Congress? It's how it works. You're visiting, you're out of the country or out of town or you're in a motel or bar at, in D.C. and some, whatever you're, you're into, women or men or whatever, comes up and they're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes and, and, they, and you're buying them a drink. Next thing you know, you're in the motel room with them naked. And next thing you know, you know, you're about to make a key vote, and what happens? Some well-dressed person comes up and whispers in your ear, hey, man, there's tapes out on you. Were you in a motel room on whatever with whoever? And then you're like, uh-oh, and said, you really ought not be voting for this thing. I mean, you know, and what do they do? It's human nature. And, um, you know, no man or no woman actually is an island, and they know what to get at. You know, if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you in D.C., and in most elected offices. And that's what people of power and influence do. And it's just, you know, I've been in this game my whole life. I spent 16 years in the state legislature in Tennessee and eight years as county mayor. And now I'm in my fifth year of Congress, but it, it's just, it, it, the stakes are higher, but the, but the game is still the same. Wow. So initially at the beginning of the clip, he's talking about uh, the high power people that are compromised are the ones who write the checks. And they're the ones that are standing on the tarmac when all the powerful people like the president shows up and they're the ones that write the checks. And he goes on to say, and they don't, and it doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats, they just want to be close to the seat of power and they actually hate this country. And then he goes on to talk about the Congress people who all have some kind of peccadillo that they can be, that they can, for which they can be compromised, whether it's drugs and alcohol, whether if it's a woman, whether it's men or drugs and alcohol and men with women or other men, whatever it is, your sins will find you out, he says. And it reminds me of the scene in The Firm. Do you remember, anybody have ever seen the movie The Firm where they, where uh, the, the law firm is mobsters and they, their only client is the mob and so they want to get Mitch uh, in, they, they want to have something they can use over him uh, in order to control him. And so they take him down to, um, which are the, uh, the Cayman Islands. And here's this damsel, beautiful damsel in distress. And she, you know, she gets the better of him on the beach. And sure enough, he, at the time in which he's trying to get out of the firm, uh, they show him pictures that they've taken of him on the beach. Imagine your Abby. She goes to the mailbox one day. Imagine what happens, Mitch, when she opens the mailbox and she sees these pictures. This is the first time I think I have ever heard such honesty by any congressperson as to what's actually happening at the halls of power of the United States of America. I, 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 it's 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 not shocking that this is going on to me as much as it is. It's shocking to hear somebody admit it. Your thoughts on this, Sesame Broccolini? Well, 
the first thing I think there were a lot of things to, to say about this, but the first thing is I'll, I'm very, I guess, perplexed because on one hand, politicians will sit there and, and fire somebody like Madison Cawthorn for saying exactly mm-hmm. what he just said. On the other hand, they'll try to normalize degenerate behavior among people in D.C. as if Washington, D.C. and the nation's capital is the same as Las Vegas, a.k.a. Sin City, which I think is just just disturbing for so many different reasons. The idea that we should be normalizing this sort of lack of moral character in leaders, I find very disturbing. I mean, if anything, people in D.C. should be above the curve, above the fray. There's a higher standard for integrity and character in D.C., you would hope. So it's good to hear that our taxpayer dollars are funding these drug-fueled parties or whatever where God knows what happens. Um, and I, I do wonder, though, I, I just I guess I'd like to hear your take on the whole Madison Cawthorn part of it because he was right, and nobody in DC is going to say he's right, but they're also going to sit here and defend. They're going to reiterate everything that he said in different words to make it sound different, but it's the same thing. There's degenerates running the government in DC. They're up to terrible behavior and terrible things behind our back, some of which is probably illicit or criminal, um, and they're doing it on the taxpayer dime. Wh- why is that? Well, if you're going to admit it, then reinstate Madison Cawthorn. I can't believe they had to yeah. sacrifice his career. Yeah, unbelievable to they, me. They exposed, they put videos out there of him. What was he, drunk? He was a young mm-hmm. 20-something-year-old, mm-hmm. drunk, and getting sexual and getting a lap dance or something. I mean, basically being a 20-something-year-old, and they ran him out on a rail. And he said at the time that this was to cover up. He talked about the debauchery going on. He talked about drug-fueled orgy behavior. And, and that's exactly what's going on. We've known that there was a taxpayer-funded uh, account that paid for sexual harassment claims. We don't have the names of them. Uh, you know. M- meanwhile, we've got Americans being thrown into a gulag because they question the outcome of elections. And we've got con- – now we know why. To me, this explains everything. It explains everything. It explains Trey Gowdy giving Hillary Clinton a pass and coordinating behind the scenes over Benghazi and refusing to even say she lied, let alone do anything to provide to hold her accountable for the felonies, 30 something thousand of them she committed, the Americans that were denied security requests, uh, just everything that the Espionage Act that she had used the Clinton Foundation uh, to line her pockets and her family's pockets and the Clinton Foundation money went to, went to Chelsea Clinton's wedding and all of that completely given a pass. Why the Joe Biden crime family is being completely given a pass. You know, it, you know somebody came out the other day and said uh, some conservative who said uh, J- James Comer is a rhino and he's not, he's not even good for anything either. This explains it all because they're all completely compromised and they're all corrupt. It explains everything. In fact, we're going to take a break. We come back. I've got an update on the special counsel situation. And, 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 I, and I got this story. I heard this story about the special counsel with Jack Smith before I heard this clip of Tim Burchett. And, and, and I'll tell you why in a moment these two stories go hand in hand. This is the Andrew K. Show on AIM 1170, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break at the open of the show, we were talking about how, uh, you know, Republican Congressman Tim Burchett from Tennessee, I believe, had one of the most open, frank, honest discussions I've ever heard with Benny Johnson about what's really going on at the heart of D.C. And if you've ever if you're ever scratching your head, he says, wondering why these supposed conservatives are voting for some of the crap they're voting for. It could be, according to him, that these people found themselves naked, as he said, in a hotel room with the wrong person. And before they went to cast their vote, somebody came to him and said, kind of like uh, Wilford Brimley does in the movie The Firm with Tom Cruise's character, Yo Mitch, might not want Abby to go to the mailbox and find these pics one day right hey sesame have you ever seen that movie the firm uh i haven't honestly and it's oh sad because it's on my list everyone says it's so good i know it I'd is love it. really good when it first came out i was disappointed because the ending i thought was absolutely ridiculous compared to the book uh, most grisham books turned into movies it's the ending that they always go sideways on sometimes his books go sideways on the endings um, but that that was, and I thought Tom Cruise did a really good job. Uh, and so did, of course, um, oh my gosh, his name is escaping me right now. He was in, he was in, um, No Way Out. Oh gosh. Um, email me. I know, I know I got some listeners out there that know the name of the actor and who I'm talking about, uh, from, uh, from the firm. And he was also in No Way Out with Kevin Costner. Um, Anyway, great, great, great movie. Um, but, you know, we, it, it just, to me, it just, it just explained to me uh, everything that is going wrong and the underpinnings of why uh, we're not ever, why the Republican Party always is happy to stay in the minority, why they never truly hold anybody accountable and use the power. They never walk the walk, uh, never walk the walk of the talk. Is that the word? They never walk what they talk on the campaign trail. On the campaign trail, they pretend that there are family values and this and that, and then they get to D.C. and they're not. And they always have the excuse of, well, we're in the minority, or now we're in the majority, but there's the filibuster. We don't have enough votes to overcome the filibuster. They're literally right now, when they have enough, when they have enough of a majority to actually get some stuff through, uh, using the power of the purse with control of the House of Representatives, they're intentionally getting rid of the majority so that they're not going to have to be expected to do anything in the next year. Let that sink in. In fact, there was a story today that confirms all this for me, that they're just, they are as bad, if not worse than the Democrats, completely corrupt, completely compromised, completely sucked into debauchery, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, or whether it's just power. Um, I, there's, uh, we, we all know when it comes to Jack Smith, there's going to be a case heard by the Supreme Court that has to do with immunity. Uh, Jack Smith filed this, um, this appeal to the Supreme Court um, regarding Trump's immunity against charges of any crimes while he's president. And several uh, 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 law professors and different attorneys, as well as maybe multiple attorneys general, uh, filed uh, amicus briefs or friend of the court briefs this week in support of Trump, I think upwards of 19 or 20. The most interesting is former Attorney General Ed Meese. 
he has presented arguments to SCOTUS that they should forget even the whole immunity arguments. According to Ed Meese, and remember Ed Meese was the attorney general under Reagan, he said that they should reject his request because he was unconstitutionally appointed in the first place. He said that uh, that Smith is a private citizen, and um, as a private citizen, he is uh, he is in violation of the appointments clause of the Constitution. That he is quote not clothed in the authority of the federal government. Smith is a modern example of the naked emperor. He they go on to say that improperly appointed, he has no more authority to represent the United States in this course than Bryce Harper, Taylor Swift or Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) Meese goes on to argue that the illegality of Smith's appointment is sufficient to sink Smith's petition and the court should deny review. Uh, Meese and company noted in the brief that Smith was appointed to, quote, to conduct the ongoing investigation into whether any person or entity, including former President Donald Trump, violated the law in connection with efforts to interfere with the lawful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election or the certification of the Electoral College vote held on or about January 6th. And it goes on to say, while Garland cited a statutory statutory authority for the appointment, Meese goes on to say that none of those statutes nor any other statutory or constitutional provisions even remotely authorized the appointment by the attorney general of a private citizen to be given extraordinary criminal law enforcement power under the title of special counsel. You're not allowed to, in other words, go and drag somebody off the street, a private person, and give them extraordinary power of law enforcement. He does not have that power. Second, it says, even if one can overlook the absence of statutory authority for the position, there's no statute that specifically authorizes the attorney general rather than the president by and with advice and consent of the Senate to appoint such a special counsel. There goes on to, he goes on to, to uh, make some arguments about what an inferior officer is versus um, a, a superior or principal. And that basically this guy is a principal. The position he's been put in is as principal and he cannot be appointed by any means other than presidential appointment. That's it. Therefore, all of this is all of this is a ruse. He has no business being there in the first place. So then, you what does that have to do, Andrea? Ak with um, Tim Burchett's comments. Almost every Republican we have in Congress, particularly on the Judiciary Committee, are attorneys. Is Edwin Meese the only one that that knew that? Is there not one Republican in Congress today? They're almost all attorneys. None of them knew that this man was unconstitutionally appointed. None of them could have made these arguments. What, let's talk about constitutional attorney speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. He didn't know this. He hadn't figured it out. Why, wasn't he, why haven't any of them made this argument so far and yanked the funding of this office? Can you, can you riddle me this, Sesame Broccolini? The only thing I can think of is either they were naked in, in the in the in a room with the wrong person at the mm-hmm. wrong time, or they just they don't care because it doesn't suit them or serve them politically. It it just it that's the that's the one thing about playing the game in D.C. They will only do things that benefit them politically. That's one thing I've learned honestly from watching a lot of GOP 
rising stars, people go into Congress with a lot of energy. Mike Johnson came out of the gate, and it seemed like he was focused and determined, and I was excited, and it seems like things have really dissipated. The sense of urgency is gone. At least that's what it feels like to me. And it's it's a great point that you're making because there is no excuse or justification for this. And that's it's probably the case that many people know what's going on. They just... They're afraid of backlash. They're afraid of upsetting donors. It's not a good move for them politically, for their district, whatever. They find some way to rationalize it, and it's always political. It's never about the principle, about what is right or what is just, because that's the first thing we should be asking ourselves. Look at the way Donald Trump's been treated and ask yourself, do we really give this man due process? Has any of this been just? <laughs> Has any of this been fair or right? Is it even based on truth? Or is it based on a lot of propaganda and misinformation and lies? So it's just, it's inexcusable, but I guess my expectations have changed radically in recent years because I've been disappointed by the lack of action. Yeah, Right. I'm sitting here as a non-attorney and I can absolutely 100% understand everything that Ed Meese just said in that argument. I just read it for you guys. Um, because it's from his brief, him, him, and a bunch of other, uh, you know, law professors and others, and it's in common language. This is not legalese. I can absolutely, which means I'm sitting here. Either I have to believe that this was all lies by a former attorney general under under Ronald Reagan, or I have to recognize and understand that Mike Johnson, who is a constitutional attorney and current Speaker of the House, is in on the weaponization of the Department of Justice as well as every other Republican attorney, including Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, who used to be a federal prosecutor and I believe a JAG officer at one point as well. And this is the same Mike Johnson, by the way, who was seen with Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan is a private citizen at this point. Paul Ryan's on the board of directors at Fox News. What was he doing hanging out with Mike Johnson last week? And oh, by the way, Mike Johnson is right now in Iowa campaigning with Chip Roy and with Ron DeSantis. That's what's going on. Well, that says it all, doesn't it? I mean, that says it, it says all right it all. there. He's bought and paid it for. It says it all. Now, I have no idea if Mike Johnson has been down at the Mont Leone at some point during Mardi Gras and somebody's got some pictures. I don't know if that's what it's about. <laughs> okay. Anything possible. I, I don't know any. None of my friends down there have seen him at the carousel bar. I don't know. But what I do know is that, it, it, again, if I'm to, and, and, and I totally get what Edward Meese is saying here, there's a position, there is a, a process for appointment, and this guy was not the, uh, followed to the process. He wasn't appointed properly. He shouldn't be there. And the Republicans have allowed him to be there. This is like, this is the worst story I've heard in a while. Because my Republican Party is allowing me, just like it was six Republicans, that were a part of this Colorado attempt to deny the voters their right in order to, to play God and act like dictators to remove Donald Trump from the ballot in Colorado. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to continue that discussion um, because we've got that to talk about. Colorado, there's some information there. And then I've got, an, I've got a couple pop culture stories. I want to know where y'all stand with this Bud Light, Bud Light situation because Megyn Kelly has been like a dog on a bone against Kid Rock because he's decided to forgive Bud Light. And I think that this could be an important story for us 
going forward as we try to save this nation. So we got more to talk about. So come on back. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Continuing our discussion about the lawfare attempts against President Trump, there's reports tonight when it comes to the Colorado ban that uh, removing him, considering him disqualified, the Colorado State Supreme Court disqualifying him from the ballot because of his, because, quote, there was an insurrection and he, on January 6th, and he participated in the insurrection. I guess the Trump team has decided they're going to wait until after Christmas to file their appeal. My understanding is that it will be Neil Gorsuch who will make the decision on behalf of the Supreme Court as to whether or not to take up the case. Neil Gorsuch had been specifically asked, apparently, when during his confirmation hearings, if states had the right to remove somebody from the ballot, if they felt um, that he uh, it was disqualified for a reason, and I don't remember, I don't have the clip as to as to how he qualified uh, the definition. So of course the left is is saying, "Oh, you're screwed, Trump, because you know you you nominated Gorsuch, and he's you know go in and he said that states have the right to ban somebody." Um, well, he, he didn't give that a blanket a, a, a approval. He didn't say, oh, that a state can ban somebody just for whatever reason that they want. That's not what he said. Okay. That's what the, that's, that's the trap that they try to set for they, well, there's not supposed to be a litmus test for Supreme court nominees, but the litmus test for the Democrats is they want uh, Supreme court nominees and justices that are going to advocate from the bench and, um, and and now they're hoping that Gorsuch is going to advocate on their behalf. Uh, no, there were actual legal arguments that were made uh, in order to justify removing Trump from the ballot. And those have to be withheld. And even Ty Cobb, former White House counsel, said, even Bill Barr said that it was untenable and that it was a horrible legal ruling. So I wouldn't be counting on Neil Gorsuch. However, if you want to hear that it was a proper legal ruling, then you can listen to disgraced or what should be disgraced, what should be disbarred attorney Andrew Weissman and what he had to say about it. And I want to uh, play this clip. I think we have this clip of him from MSNBC uh, and we're going to play this clip and then I'll address his comments. Because you had no one dissenting on the issue of did he do it? Um, no one was saying, oh, no, this was insufficient proof. There were lots of procedural issues, which, and I don't mean to minimize them, um, that the dissent raised. But the, there was a district court finding and there was a majority opinion with no dissents on the fact that the leading contender for the Republican nomination had done what we had a civil war um, about. And the reason for this amendment was because after the Civil War, people said, if you've engaged in this kind of conduct, you cannot be any longer 
in a, the president, the vice president, or any um, federal position. Whatever you think of Sidney Powell and her role in the 2020 situation and the Kraken and all that, I met Sidney because she originally wrote a book called License to Lie and about how U.S. attorneys were literally given a license to lie by the Department of Justice. And the person that she spent the most time writing about in that book was Andrew Weissman, who you just heard right there, lie through his teeth to the American people. This is Andrew Weissman, who should have been disbarred after the Supreme Court overturned all of the convictions, only it was a little too late. He had already destroyed one of the big five accounting to, uh, firms, uh, Arthur Anderson, which cost thousands of people their jobs completely destroyed an entire firm and people's lives, all through lies and through abuse of the U.S. Attorney's Office. And everything he just said right there was a lie. I talked about the dissents. These were seven, the Colorado State Supreme Court has seven, I believe all Obama appointed justices on it, and three of them dissented. And at least one of them said the reason for the dissent was you can't say that somebody should be barred for insurrection when you can't even define what insurrection is. So he just said none of them even questioned. They all said that that Trump was guilty of insurrection. One of them said not only is he not guilty, you can't even define what insurrection is. There's no definition in the 14th Amendment of insurrection. And as Weissman goes on to say, well, oh, you can't do hold public office if you do what we did here in the in in uh, the Civil War. Is there anything that happened on January sixth that is remotely what took place during the Civil War? No, that's insane. It is insane, um, and it tells me a few things. Number one, I mean, either he's lying or he's incredibly mistaken because that's not what the Civil War was really about. Uh, and that's not what happened on January 6th. And it's apples and oranges, um, like you're saying. Look, th this the same people that want to convince you that Donald Trump somehow may have incited some attack on the government fail to understand that, number one, Donald Trump was the sitting president at the time. Number two, he never called for any kind of violence in any, w in any form at all. He actually told people to be peaceful. Um, yes. And also the people who are pushing this, like you said, they can't define what a woman is. They can't define what an insurrection is. And that whole clause that he wants to reference, the you know, uh, 14th Amendment, Section 3 um, of the U.S. Constitution, was specifically about the Confederacy. If you were a Confederate-ranking official, they, they were really mm -hmm. trying to say, we don't want Robert E. Lee, had he survived, to run for yes. Congress in a district in Virginia, which even then I think is dubious because that's not what the Civil War was about. In one dimension, obviously it was so complicated, but the question of secession is a fair political question when it comes to we voluntarily formed a union. Can we voluntarily dissolve it? Can we voluntarily leave it? Which is a completely different question than mm -hmm. was this mild protest tantamount to a, an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government or to wage war against it, which is completely false and completely absurd. At worst case scenario, this was a bad protest, but compared to your average BLM or Antifa gathering, it was pretty peaceful. So 
In fact, BLM, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Antifa actually took over. It was called Chaz and Chop, the Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. autonomous zone. That literally was an insurrection. Five blocks for a month straight in Seattle. They had a long list of demands they made. They wrote them down on pieces of paper and hung them up all over the city. Gatorade, men's pants, women's shirts, portable chargers. They literally Mm -hmm. erected barracks so that first responders couldn't respond to calls within the Chaz Chop region. They were stockpiling arms. Arms, and they said they were going to stay there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the mainstream media calls, calls it the summer of love and of mostly peaceful protests. Unbelievable. It is just so sickening. Truly, they've made Trump into a political criminal. And people need to, to see that because, again, we say it all the time, but if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to anybody, including Mr. DeSantis, including Nikki Haley, including Vivek, including anybody who speaks up against the regime, the deep state. And, and, which is just so – it's so much deeper than we thought even just a few years ago. I just can't believe it. They are – they're doing everything they can in the Soviet-style persecution, in my opinion, of Donald Trump. And it's, it's, it's truly sickening. Jack Smith never should have gotten this far. And I hope he doesn't get another step further because this whole charade is exactly that. It's partisan. It's election interference, plain and simple. Yeah, and the Republican Party's doing nothing to stop it. When I read that tonight about Ed Meese and that this guy should have never been, you know, uh, appointed, it's, you know, it, it's worse than the con- legal concept of fruit of the poison- poisonous tree. It's even worse than that. You know, um, it's just, um, I'm just incredibly, incredibly disappointed uh, tonight. And speaking of Soviet, there was an article today, one of the uh, Jan 6 defendants is claiming that some of the Jan 6 uh, prisoners are being taken to mental hosp- mental hospitals so that they won't be allowed to speak and and uh, and talk about uh, what's going on there. So we're going to discuss that when we come back from the break, as well as the Bud Light controversy. Stay with us. More to talk about. Don't go away. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Glad to have you here with us tonight on this Friday Eve, rolling into Christmas weekend. Couldn't be happier than to be here tonight, and especially with my boy, my dude, Sesame Broccolini, back with me. Um, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up quickly before we move on from this Jan 6 and Jack Smith situation. Yeah, one of the Proud Boys, uh, Stuart Rhodes, founder and president, not Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, um, mentioned, you you said something in the last segment about Soviet uh, uh, criminalizing people like in Soviet style. And he apparently went on and did an interview with the gateway pundit in which he claimed that some Jan six prisoners, uh, uh, have, um, prominent Jan six prisoners are being sentimental institutions to keep them from talking, which is a tactic that the Soviet union used to do. This is not What's going on in this country today is just, I don't recognize my own country. I don't recognize it. And that means we got to get serious. If we're going to save this country, we got to get serious. And I, I, the, the cultural decline has been so rapid in, in past years that, that, that re, you know that Republicans had had enough 
when they finally, we finally stood together like Democrats do and push back against an iconic American brand, Bud Light. And we did some damage. Like how many, how, what was it? What was the damage to their market cap? It was, I think it was $6 billion uh, yeah, or something. It, it, I'm pretty sure it was in the billions. It, it, it was, the, the good news is we did a lot to damage Bud Light. The unfortunate news mm-hmm. is that people forgot that it's owned by Anheuser-Busch and they have many other products. So I want to see that boycott get bigger. I want to boycott Anheuser-Busch, right. the people behind Bud Light, because right. they're the ones ultimately calling all of the shots. And that, that's, what, that's what I want to see. Well, what we need to do is we need to be, uh, you know, we need to be supporting the parallel economy. We recently had uh, Michael Seifert from Public Square on, which is the country's largest um, site that has conservative businesses on it. The share of values. That's who we need to do business with. If we're going to save this country, we've got to get active. And, you know, we've got some high profile conservatives that have decided they're just going to go and forgive Bud Light and Megan Kelly ain't having it. Okay. She has gone after kid rock. When this Bud Light thing happened, he got a whole lot of attention and a lot of praise because he took out some Bud Light cans with his semi-automatic. And now he's decided he's going to move on from it. Well, Megyn Kelly took him to task for it. I love this Megyn Kelly from her YouTube channel. It's Megyn Kelly unrestrained, okay, from the the phony lefties over at Fox News. And she's absolutely right that we should, no conservative should be forgiving Bud Light at this point. They have not apologized for it. We are under attack with this misogynistic, destructive movement of biological males destroying the lives of women. This is the Trojan horse to destroy this country. And we finally get some movement. We finally have the conservatives standing up for this country and taking action. And Kid Rock actually was on Eric Bowling's show and he was asked if he had a response for Megyn Kelly. And we have the clip of that, Sesame, if you can play it. First off, I love Megyn. We've been friends for a long time. Um, but she, she's got this one wrong. Uh, saying me and Dana don't speak for conservatives. Neither one of us ever said we did. Um, you know, I explained myself before on, on another program about Bud Light. I'm pretty sure they got the message. Do I agree with what they did? F No. And we held their head underwater for quite some time, and we hurt them. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone to keep punching somebody when they're down, when there's a whole lot more companies deserving of this treatment. And, you know, I, and Dana has told me specifically, as a very good friend of mine, about, you know, the things they've done through the years with Folds of Honor. So has L- Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, for that matter, and countless other things. And I'm like, I get it. They made a mistake. All right, I don't need to kill them. But- we do need to kill them. You know what? O.J. Simpson wasn't beating Nicole. He was buying her diamonds and furs. I don't want to hear about what they did 10 years ago with some nonprofit organization. They're contributing to the destruction of this country. You don't take your foot off the neck, okay? It's not time to play nice. This is how we lose. Am I wrong, Sesame? No. I. I if conservatives are so easily willing to throw in the towel when it comes to a boycott, then they don't deserve to be in first place. They don't deserve to be winning things and, and winning the culture war. That That's the thing. These, these culture wars, it's going to last a long time. And just to, on his, on his points, you know, look, like you said, forgiveness is, is a good thing. I just don't think the Bud Light or the company behind it ever really asked for forgiveness or acknowledged that they did something wrong. This was not an accident. 
This was not a mistake. No. This was a planned out decision that they made in which they gave Dylan Mulvaney $180,000 and a specialized pack of cans and said, we're going to turn you into our company-wide mascot because we want to capitalize on wokeism. So no, I'm not really interested in this moment in extending an olive branch to a company that thinks that we're so stupid that we'll just forget about all mm-hmm. of it a few after a few months. No, I, I don't you, think forgiving so. husband that punches you in the face for not cooking him the meal. You cooked him the ribeye instead of the filet or the filet instead of the ribeye. That's somebody that you need to punch back, walk out the door, never have anything to do with again. And he says, we've got other country companies that need the treatment. That's right. You, that doesn't mean you you give in and you you start patronizing Bud Light. It's not like you oh oh okay we're done with Bud. Let's go back and drink in Bud Light because now we're going to shift to this other country co- company. What? We're going to take a break. Hour two of tonight's Andrea K show coming up. We've got another interesting pop culture question for you guys. It has to do with married couples, and I'm curious as to how you guys are going to feel about this one. Stay tuned. Hour two on its way. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 